Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to the Legend Rouge Cycling Podcast for the preview of Little Trek, formerly Trek Segafredo, their 2024 season. Now, this team, I think, is owned by Trek, as in the bicycle company. Trek has an interest in the team, but they've got a big corporate sponsor in maybe the biggest fish, actually, that someone's landed in, in the World Tour in a long time. Little is a big company. Uh, Multiple billions of billions of <laughs> revenue. Weird. What is? What does? Yeah. Little is a big company. Oh, true. Yeah. They punch above their weight. Anyway, are we going to, as normal, do a recap of their 2023 season, their transfers with all that new money they've got, and some Grand Tour winners coming in, as well as previewing what their schedule looks like. We already know what some of their riders will be doing. And doing their over-unders, predicting what, how many wins they'll have in 2024. Uh, but how do you assess their 2023 season, uh, Benji, which looks a little bit like Ineos, I, I'd say a little bit lighter? It's interesting because they also don't start with the same setup as Ineos does, so I don't necessarily judge them in the same way. As in, eight world wins of 27 total wins, that number is relatively similar. But then we look at the individual wins and we're looking at Mess Pedersen winning a stage in the Giro, Mess Pedersen winning a stage at the Tour de France, Kulichikone winning a heavily fought KOM at the Tour de France, then eventually La Vuelta came along as well. And what did Trek achieve in La Vuelta? Because that's the one thing I'm missing. I don't believe that much, actually, if I recall correctly. Did Pedersen go? Uh, no, he didn't. That's the one thing he didn't, and I don't recall any stage wins either at the Vuelta, so not the best Grand Tour for them there, I would say. One-day races, it's, it's heavily on, on Peterson, of course. Third at RVV, 12 at Roubaix, 6 at MSR, and winning Bay Classics, and I gotta talk about that one for a second. That was one of the most impressive wins I've seen all season, I reckon, because you've got the Magnus Court victory early season where he... He was first ahead of the peloton, and then he got caught, but he started sprinting early, and then he sprinted for basically from the last corner to the finish line for like 400, 500 meters, and he still beat the sprinters from the peloton, and that was impressive, but the way Peterson won the Bamerside Classic was basically, there was a break ahead, he was in the peloton, he knew the peloton wasn't going to catch everybody in the breakaway, so he started solo chasing the riders ahead, and then sprinting past them by the finish line. It was a really impressive victory. But Skelmoser, second at Flesh, I had completely forgotten about that. Completely. And I feel like there's this thing with McNulty and with Skelmoser where you're kind of on the edge of they're not really good enough to do GC at Grand Tours based on what they've done so far. They might be in the future with Skelmoser's case. McNulty is a bit of a, I don't know, at the moment. But when it comes to the Hilly Classics one-day races, those riders I am pretty hyped about. And 
Skelmos could even like top five the world championships in Zurich, I reckon. Yeah, who's really good in the world championships in Wollongong, I think. Him and Schmidt were yep. very, very good. And Chicone, like in Liège, I think there was some 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 weirdness, no, with him and Schelmoser, where they were they did better than their results indicate from memory. When Remco went on Redoute with uh, or was it a Russian football? I can't remember. I think he went on Redoute. Uh, yeah, anyway, right. let's just say he did. <laughs> Peacock goes with him. I Correct. swear Chicone and Schilmoser were like fourth or fifth in the line yeah. at that moment in the race. A little bit strange how it sort of worked with them, but their results actually don't show how strong they were at that moment. Now, still, you, you know, results are important, but yeah, they were look really, yeah. really good in the Hill Classics. Um, and also with Schilmoser... The one of the only riders to win a World Tour GC race, Swiss, that yes. isn't on UAE, isn't Remco, and isn't uh, Roglic, Vingegaard, or Kuz. So, like, the only other person to do that was Morich at Tour de Polonia. The rest is UAE, Yumbo, and Remco. The thing that I'm curious about about Skjelmorza and Swiss is that when it comes to his Tour de France, or when, it's not, when it comes to his Grand Tours in general, that he's riding right now, the stage where he's not really the most prominent rider and seems to kind of fall through the cracks were the ones where there were multiple mountains in it. And then in Tour de Suisse, there were also multiple mountains in it. So is it because he peaked too early for Tour de Suisse or, or is it just because the competition at the Tour de France starts going hard from further out? Well, I mean, Felix Gall was also there, and that was kind of his big breakout too. And yeah. he was able to carry it through. Is he just a, a Simon Spielak? Uh, probably <laughs> that difference. That's fucking harsh. Well, Simon Spielak won three World Tour GC races. That's that wasn't the Swiss good... every time? No, nah, and Romandy. <laughs> <But, well, laughs> point made. Stage in, stage in Dauphiné, stage in Swiss. Eshwan Frankfurt, yeah, obviously not the Hill Classics uh, and Sprint to Skelmoser, but yeah, maybe he just, as you said, like he's peaking then and, and others aren't. Uh, but still, it's, it's still pretty, it's hard to win a World Tour GC race, and he actually did, uh, which is pretty yeah. impressive for them. So what else stands out from their season? Yeah, Patterson just completely carries their Classics yeah. and Sprints, frankly, like he he carries this team for apart from Ciccone and and Schelmers. when you look at the points uh he has I think as a proportion of their team overall points mm -hmm. just about the same ratio as Remco and everyone says quick steps a one-man team he has like 4606 which is only a thousand less than Remco so he is um so, so, so important. Like, more what, points than Van der Poel this year. What percentage would you put on that if you take a look at the total team? How much of the total track team would that roughly be? Oh, let me do quick maths. Uh, 4606. This is great. This is great audio, me typing into a calculator. About 25%. <laughs> um, okay, okay, okay. 16, 4, 6, 7. 28%, uh, which is 5631. Remco was, I think, more closer to 30%. So it's okay. a lot. 20, nearly 30% of your points from one rider. 
Uh, he didn't get that big classics victory. He was pretty damn close at Flanders. I don't think he could have ridden a better race tactically. And he was super strong mm -hmm. there. He was the best of that lead group, uh, which didn't have the sort of the pre-race favorites. And if he, if that gets a little bit more leash and Jumbo don't help Alperson, maybe he gets over the Paderberg with Poggy and who knows what could have happened. So, oh, yeah. Anything else from their season, Benji? KOM at the Tour, I like that. I think that's a good thing as well. I feel like Mess Pedersen would have won more monuments if he was born in a different era. Does that make sense? As in, he's in this era of the Pogacars, the Vanderpools, the, the Wout van Arts, and I feel like if he was born even, even 10 years ago, this might have looked very different for him. Because Who won Tour of Flanders in like 2019? 2019 Betiol? No, that's 2018, right? Or 2016? Yeah. I don't remember. 2019. I don't he know. He won it in 19. Was. Terpstra won it just ahead of Pedersen. Yeah, like yeah. if Pedersen had been on Quick Step in 2018, yeah. he wins Tour of Flanders. He's sandwiched yeah. on on the podium by the Quick Steppers in that 2018. But he was really young, still. I think. I feel like yeah, he yeah, was yeah, ahead yeah. in the same way that he was anticipating in. 2023 edition. He was anticipating, and then they eventually called up with him. At least Terpstra did. So, um, but I agree. If if he was this age, in 2019, 2018, those years, we might have seen a lot more victories when it comes to monuments for uh, for Mess Peterson. But hey, that's the card he was given, and he's doing relatively well for it still, regardless of the fact that he's not necessarily winning. But let's take a look at the the transfer for a second, because the little arrived as new sponsor, little. Budget increase comes with that. Obviously, they didn't sign riders midway through the season when the sponsor arrived, so they had to do it at the end of the season, and they did some shopping. But before we talk about those, let's talk about the riders that went out. And I gotta be honest, half of these riders, I was like, why did they sign them in the first place? As in, Jona Berasturi. I'm pretty sure we were not very positive about that signing back in the day, because to me, that felt like a, a rider that was a pro-team sprinter, a second-division sprinter, and he didn't really do anything for this team, which is what you should expect when a World Tour team tries to sign someone like Jonah Berasturi. And he's going back to a pro team. You always call tell. So. And he was like, he was 32 when they signed him. Yeah. It, after being a pro for a long time. Like, I'm, is he family It made someone, no sense. Or? I don't know. I don't know. It's, a, it's in Trek's genes to sign family members looking at their deaf team, but... Anyway, <laughs> Tony Gullivan. The, the, the Nepo babies. <laughs> Facts. Tony Gullivan retiring. Um, at first, I thought he didn't really do much for this team, to be honest, since his signing, but apparently he was a good road captain for Skelmos over the years. The so, team. so I guess that role is laid out for him. I do think that Gullivan might be a pretty expensive road captain based on his history. He's won Tour de France stage, if I recall correctly. He topped 10 of Vuelta in 2017 is my pure guess. Uh, Kenny Lissonde is going to Cofidis. We spoke about it in the Cofidis uh, preview. About that, like, Elisonde is a good rider to have for breakaways, but I also feel like it's kind of come to the point where they're not getting the best out of it anymore. Gebrag Zabir is leaving. Were you surprised by that? Uh, kind of, yeah. I feel like he's had a, got a bit unlucky with some crashes and... Certainly, there's some mountain domestics they've brought in or riders to fill that role who are going to be significantly more expensive than him, and he's better mm -hmm. than them. 
So okay, that's surprising to me. Uh, maybe there's lingering injury issues that I don't know about. Marcus Hulgard also uh, leaving. He joined the team when he was having an amazing season on UNOX, but it never really came out at, at Trek. And I wonder what the reasons for that. Antoine Toll, kind of the same story. I remember the days where, was it the 2018 or 2019 Tour de France, where Tollhook was a really bloody good domestique for, um, was it Roglic in that Tour de France? I don't remember. Uh, but he, he was really good back in the day. And now he's going to sub the subgal anicolor i don't even know what that is so it's probably a conti team somewhere so a very major step down indonesian or malaysian team oh that's pretty crazy i'm looking forward to seeing think, that because he might I be think cleaning he was the... in asia a lot oh no sorry a lot a lot a lot it's a portuguese team subgal i enough. just thought would be would be uh indonesian but no it's a portuguese this is uh this is glass drive this is the boys this is the fapple <laughs> really yeah 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 they changed name <laughs> Last drive Q8 Anacola, and with and with the W52 Watt bombers out of the out of the game, Volta, these guys Portugal, are clean up. Yeah, these are the grand. <laughs> they got to sweep the grandissima, baby. Um, so yeah, he's anyway, gone there. Uh, Leipins is going to DSM. Tiberi yeah. is going to Cadjel, which is Bahrain. Baroncini <laughs> to UAE Team Emirates, and Marek Brustenga is leaving to Ken Farma, and that's kind of the overview. Like. Baroncini never really came out because of his injuries, which I feel like a lot of these riders on this list never really came out to what the team expected of them. So, hey, that's it. Incoming transfers. Can I say on power data? Of course. So, I think Ozo, who writes a lot of the articles on lanternrouge.com, he was looking through Brostenga's power data, and yeah. he, I think he he saw, and I've, I agree or I surmise that they signed him in part based on he did like 500 watts for 40 minutes or 30 minutes or something, according to the power yeah. meter. And it's like, impossible. <laughs> that that <laughs> happened. Impossible. That's like Ghana, I don't think can do... F I think Ghana can... 500 for 30 is like the max. And that's yep. people at Ghana, by the way. <laughs> our record holder. Yep. So, um, I don't know, maybe there's some other results, but yeah, just uh, but be wary of the old power meters. Is it worth the gamble just in case it is correct? <laughs> no, it's not. Because if someone can do 500 for 30, dude, in U23, they'll be fucking cleaning up. You won't need to look at the power meter. You, just, you sign them off because they won world championships by seven minutes. So, no, you don't need to take the risk. Sometimes yeah, no, if, two doesn't, if two plus two doesn't equal four, then you don't have two plus two. You have some other numbers. Think about it. Uh, yeah, anyway, hopefully, he, hopefully, I mean, he's, he, he, he's all right. I, have, I think a keeper of Kern Farmer is a good level for him to get some opportunities himself. Yeah. Agree. Incoming, Benji. The Ooh. big one. Teo Gagan Hart. I understand that, you know, this was probably done or uh, at least talks were before he crashed in the Giro. So yeah. you can't be like, oh, they're taking a huge risk. They didn't know that. I believe when they, when they signed him. Uh, but he had the big crash in the Giro in which he looked extremely good. He yeah. said as well in an interview recently that... Was it on? Cycle Podcast, maybe. Uh, I'll say so. I'm just... I think because he's British. Uh, that he he was like best form ever. And in the Alps, mm -hmm. he looked really, really good too. Valencia, he won a stage, looked really, really good too. Do you think this is a good gamble for them to make a, a Grand Tour winner in his 20s this time? 
it's always risky when it comes to injuries, as in when a, when a rider has injuries and so forth. It's always unsure whether he's going to come back to that same level. After what he showed in the Giro, which to me was a high level, then I would argue that I would consider gambling on that. And I don't necessarily mind him signing for Trek either because, hey, I gotta, I gotta go back to the point I made in the Ineos podcast. Because in the Ineos podcast, I made the, the maybe shit take that there's five teams that I would rather sign for as a GC rider than Ineos. No, but hold the line. The Never more I think she... about it, the more I think that there's at least three to four teams that, that has the case. Because is Little Trek a more attractive team than Ineos? Let's look at this for a sec. Little Trek's budget is going <laughs> upwards. Ineos's budget is yeah, going yeah. downhill. That's one yeah. point for Little. Ineos's handling of the Carlos Rodriguez situation, that wasn't good. That, that lacks proper management, in my opinion, but also lacks proper long-term vision. Is how I see that too. So that's 2-0 for Little Trek. I won't necessarily say that Trek had long-term vision when they signed Aberasturi and Brustenga and so forth, but that doesn't support my case. So I will leave that to the side. <laughs> <laughs> and TT set up. TT set up. <laughs> nice weather outside. Um, <laughs> well, Ineos' traditional hierarchy and tactics have bitten them in the eyes multiple times in 2023. And there's more GC opportunities at Little Trek than at Ineos at the moment. That's true. So you don't think Gegenhart would have been four <laughs> zero? And on Gegenhart, right? Have they have they said he's their tour leader for GC Little hmm. Trek already? Little Trek Gegenhart. has said it. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Uh, to your point, he would have got that at Ineos. Yeah. They got C Rod. They got Pidcock. So I'm not sure they would say in December, unfettered TDF leadership. It'd be like, I mean, maybe he'd be the best and win it in the Dauphiné, but it's, but it's um, also... It, it is a clearer path for him. I feel like we've roasted Trek for the last three years. Not roasted, but we've noted the criticism that they were lacking a GC rider that could in the future fight for GC. It might have been a financial thing, looking at it now, but Jägen Hart coming to this team kind of fills that role. So it's kind of like... A good move for both parties if Hart can get back to the level that he was in the Giro last year yeah. or this year, 2023. I think the Gegenhardt signing is a good one. When they signed him, he was the only rider on the market who uh, yeah. was a former Grand Tour winner. Roglic obviously came later onto the market. Uh, I have no problem with it. And to your point, Benji Re, money, you'd think, you'd think if the money was equal, he stays at Ineos. You'd Would think. It? Well, I just made a great list of reasons why not. <laughs> well, reason number one was cash. <laughs> I would, I would say he would have stayed. I don't know, but I'm guessing if the money was equal, he would have stayed at Ineos. Uh, so I got no problem with it. I think perfectly good signing. Uh, take a risk because you can't just wait and be like, oh, let's wait for Remco. Wait for Remco. You might never get him. You got to move on with your life. Uh, the other yeah. ones I have, I'll, I'll, I'll do the next positive one. Really good signing, and they did this early in the year. Uh, Jonathan Milan, they yes. Italian from Bahrain, victorious. Bahrain didn't really know what to do with him. They were trying to make him lead out um, the <laughs> what's your man's name? Rajanovic, Rusanovic, Dusan, Rajovic, Rajovic. 
Yeah, they were trying to make Milan lead him out in the Saudi tour. And then the second <laughs> stage, Milan came out of the wheel of Groenewegen and fucking dumped 2,000 watts on his head and won that and came fifth on GC. Good in Kerner. Omlo, you know, helped Dambala win, but yep. he was still active, you know. He's still, like, there doing stuff as a young young man, 23. Guangxi won, like, and the Giro obviously won the Ciclamino as an Italian, but I'm pretty sure they were into him. Uh, before then, big big numbers. Like he's a huge unit. I think his five minute his five minute power is really really good. Like uh, even on a relative basis for mm-hmm. someone so big. And I think he's a special rider. It's just a few things: is positioning, keeping him calm in the sprints, and um, getting him a bit more aero because frankly he sprints <laughs> he sprints so <laughs> upright. Uh, but he's. <laughs> It's a, it's a fantastic signing because Mads Pedersen was having to do so much of the workload in the sprints. He was having to go yes. to too many races, sometimes getting sick or whatever. Now you've got the Giro, bang. Who better to target sprints in the Giro than the existing Chiclamino winner? I will say, however, I wonder where his limit lies. As in, I agree, he's got a good five-minute power, but does that mean he might be able to compete in MSR in the future because when I think about Apojo, it's not that far of a five minute effort so I don't see why not it's a long race I don't see why, certainly Kerner and Vavelhem and yeah. Omlo I'm Brugge I really think like he should be good at those races I'm, the question mark yeah. is, is positioning and handling in the bunch he doesn't seem very natural in the bunch to me. Uh, but certainly Trek is a good place to help him with that. Three-year deal, can't knock it. Uh, and they, I think they... I don't think they got enough credit for it because it looked like they just signed him after the Giro, but I think they uh, were a bit earlier than that. So good on them for and that. If, if they were earlier, then they're probably not paying him what he would have costed after the Giro, right? True, yeah. Well, I mean... Italian, there's no Italian World Tour team. Who, where do all the Italian go, guys go, right? UAE and, and Trek? Astana. 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 Aiolo. Yeah. Yeah, Aiolo. Wasn't, wasn't Filippo Pozzato looking at building an Italian World Tour team? I think that was a Conti team. team. Oh, okay. Yeah, later on. Other transfers. Big Italian names. There's four Italians actually on this list. Uh, Andrea Bagioli from Sudal Quickstep. Mm-hmm. An inconsistent rider, but certainly very talented. 24 years old, had a very nice end to the Italian classics. Uh, all yes. end of the season, third in Coppa Bernocchi behind Van Aert, winning Grand Piemonte, uh, led out by Benji's Aaron Baru, and second in oh, Lombardia <laughs> behind Boccaccio, winning the uh, small, small group sprint ahead of Roglic and Lazov. So certainly I think his sprint is very, very good. We saw that there. We saw that in Montreal where he nearly beat Van Aert to second behind Poggy uh, in Canada last year. Uh, I just My question marks are, he's, he's climbing over eight minutes. is he, not good enough yeah. for someone to win Liège, or, or frankly, even at sort of six, seven minutes that we've seen so far. I mean, I say that, but then Lombardi is second, but I can't remember where he was on that final 20-minute climb, but he, inconsistent. But again, Benji, I think it's... Uh, I think it's just a worthwhile risk for them. I just it's like, I don't have a problem with giving a 24-year-old who has some decent results some money. Exactly, and 
Worst case, he can win a Grand Tour stage from a breakaway. And then I see that as possible, but it's just that he's inconsistent to the point that you don't know when he's going to show up. So, for example, remember that to the last stage, I think that he won against Roglic in like a bit of a sprint? Like, yeah, yeah. When that stuff shows up, you're like, ooh, he can compete for a Vuelta stage or a Giro stage. And like, when you, when you think of all the other things he's done, you'd say, oh, second Lombardia, that means that he can win a breakaway Giro stage, stuff like that. So, yeah. When I think of Bajoli, he should be able to win more than he does. So, I hope the move to Trek can unlock that. That's how I perceive this, it, because it's just. Is it a bit of an. Ethan Hater stagnation that he had until he had was second in Lombardia. Um, I actually think he had a pretty good year. It's to me the the weird stuff is mm -hmm. so like third in four in Rome is fine. A, a few top tens in Basque Country is okay. Like he just lost a sprint behind a Gita. You know, mm -hmm. no shame in that. I'm still yeah. sixth, Brabant's eighth. I'll take that for him. I think that's yeah. improvement. And then he was good for the rest of the year, like pretty decent. But my question mark is like Tireno, random stages like stage six, uh, the Osimo stage. Mm -hmm. Like, why is, how is he, now everyone can have a bad race, but how is he losing 14 minutes there? Like it's, yeah. it's a puncher sort of, sort of stage. Uh, but so yeah, as you said, the consistency. Uh, but again, I, I got no problem with it. I think if you can, if you're a sort of a, t a lot of Italian staff, it's on an Italian rider, 24 years old, with some results, and also he's not won a Grand Tour stage yet. He's not won a Monument. He's not, and probably they signed him before Lombardia too. So uh, it's not like they're going to be paying him two million either. Uh, Talking so I like about that too. An Italian different rider on this team that is also joining Fabio Fellini. I gotta be honest, I went through a, a phase when I when I looked at the transfers of Little Tribe because I knew about most of them. There's one that I had forgotten about, and it's Fabio Fellini, where first of all, I thought this dude had retired already. Second of all, I was shocked to find out he's only 33. Because I swear this man's been forever. And thirdly, the memories that I have of Fellini are so bloody good. Three Giro stages back in the 2014 era, roughly that. That era, he was—he was such a—he was a really bloody good rider, a really solid domestique as well, and I feel like he's kind of ebbed away. He's—he's he's moved backwards a bit to the point that he's now a, a road captain. Is that viable to say? He's a bit generous, maybe. <laughs> Just getting around, you know. <laughs> I was gonna be pretty positive about him, but okay. Oh, he can't he's be on that track expensive. before. He's on track before, um, and I think he's finishing. This is like a one-year deal. One yeah. deal. Maybe he does his director's course at the end of the yep. year if he doesn't show much and he goes into the staff. Uh, would be That would be my assumption, but as you said, probably a, a low salary. Uh, another, the last Italian, Simone Consoni, because they brought in a new sprinter. They Poor old Alex Kirsch was fucking having to do like a lead-out yeah. of five people for Pedersen, so they had to get some more lead-out guys in. Uh, they bring in Simone Consoni. I actually don't rate him that much uh, as a lead-out. Same. Uh, but he did win a Saudi Tour sprint. He's just quite small. Like he's, He doesn't give you a big draft. Like him leading up Milan will look very, very strange, I must say. Uh, and then Ryan Gibbons. Now, he did do a good lead-out for Ackerman, and he'll be in the lead-out for... 
he was practicing today with Kirsch and Matt and Pedersen I saw on social media. So maybe he's in the Pedersen group. He was quite good. Last, oh, he was pretty good last year. Uh, De Klerk yeah, but... came from Sudar Quickstep. Lefebvre said he got more uh, money than Quickstep could afford to pay him. Sorry, I didn't give you a chance to talk about the lead out, Benji. First of all, Gonsani, the only memory I have of him as a lead out is when there was this random French race when he was leading out Viviani at Cofidis and he deviated, Gonsani deviated into another sprinter to make sure Viviani could win. So not exactly a great memory to have of a, of a lead out as a, as a viewer that wants some safe sprinting. Um, outside of that, I would say that I am not as bullish on Gibbons as you are, as in I feel like he's a very versatile rider, but despite that one lead out for Akinmon that I remember, I just don't see him as the man. He's, it's not him for me. He's not him. And I don't see him necessarily doing that in this team either. So I don't expect that switch to... I don't think he's going to move the needle, is the point I'm trying to make. While the Klerk I... I hope we kind of seen Unleashed the Klerk in some shape or form. Yeah. One race where he can go for himself. Why not? But outside of that, I feel like he's going to be the similar domestic that we saw at Quickstep. Depending on how he comes back from the issues he's had. Was it injuries or uh, uh, the heart thingy? that he, he had, but we skipped a few riders still because his list is fucking long of incoming transfers. It's 10 riders. It's a third of the roster <laughs> incoming. That's a lot of turnover. Yeah. Some Orman from Jumbo Visma. I won't lie. He wasn't necessarily a great domestique at Jumbo Visma, in my opinion. In the past, he was good at, at Sunweb for Tom Dumoulin, but at Jumbo Visma, it really never really came out in my eyes. Patrick Conrad from Bora. Conrad. I find it interesting, as in, Conrad is the type of rider that I might have gambled on, depending on the budget. If he was relatively cheap, then yeah, I would have cheap, considered, no. yeah, I know, he but if stage. he was relatively cheap, yeah. then I would think of, okay, he won a tour stage, but he also top 10 the Giro, if I recall correctly. If you can get that rider in same, similar fashion as in the old days, then he's a pretty solid domestique in the mountains. But... It's a, was he a solid yeah, domestique Um, I don't remember. Nope. Just, I feel like uh, the memories I have from him in Basque Country or Catalonia was Bora fighting against each other a bit. Wasn't German Twitter mad because Rajport bubbled mad because he didn't wait for Kemner in the Giro? I don't remember. I think that happened. Uh, Conrad, Kemner, Giro. <laughs> looks up contra you, sh you should add controversy next to it it will help <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah they can't they, they they do lose me on the on the omen and conrad signings as well yeah. as the verona signing um now maybe because <laughs> kinziato reps bagioli in milan mm -hmm. and also verona he was like when ineos pulled the plug he was like come on i've sent you two really good really good riders can you do me a solid uh, maybe they just liked Verona. I don't know. But he, he was supposed to be going to Ineos, I think. Uh, so they got Verona. He can sort of, I think he can replace the Kenny Alessand role. I must say, there's been a I lot of better. races. He is, he is. Like, so this is my point. Like, for a lot of races for the last two years, Trek have brought climbers to a bigger fight. So. Oh, and we're going to do the world to preview straight after this. So like a medium mountain stage with a 5k, 5% yeah. climb, trying to chase the breakaway. 
with a plateau and some flood afterwards. They've been using Huampe, Kenny, or Molima to try and close like a ruler break. And yep. it's many, many times not worked. Verona's better at that. Conrad will be better at that. Certainly Verona will be very, very good in that role. Yeah, uh, but the clerk will be better at controlling the initial breakaway. Did they sign them for that in the first place? I somewhat feel like they might have signed them for Mountain Domestique more than that role, even though it will yeah. work for that as well. So I agree with your point. I feel like it will work for that, but I also believe that Verona is just a good Domestique in the Mount as well. Yes, yep. he might be more expensive than you'd want to spend on a rider like that, but that's kind of also a side effect of the market, no? There's not many people well, they, like that on the market. Little, little Trekker got money. They, they have, well, look at, compare their signings to Ineos, maybe not total budget, but in terms of available spend yes. in this transfer window, Little Trek, maybe number one of any team. Oh, Bora. Mm. Bora Martinez plus Roglic. Yeah. It'll be between those two, I would say. <laughs> yeah, so... But anyway, they've got... Uh, they certainly have cash. Uh, let's talk... That's their transfers, Benji. Uh, some good, some uh, less good. I Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Think. Their release schedule. We have Milan, Pedersen, Sturven in the Classics. Schielmoser to the Ardennes. No Gegenhardt to the Ardennes, although maybe they just didn't say. No Ciccone to the Ardennes. And did they not say Bagioli's doing the Ardennes? To be clear, so far they mentioned the Classics, the Giro, the Tour de France, and the Vuelta, and Skelmos in a separate interview said he was going to the Ardennes. The press okay. release okay. of Trek of their schedule didn't mention the Ardennes at all, so I just had to look for other sources and I only found Skelmos. Ah, right, okay. So yeah, the, the, probably the, some other guys will be doing it then. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it all makes sense, the Classics... Uh, those those three riders are sort of the leaders. Uh, the Giro, though, it's the Italians. Uh, and I think it's three very, very good riders for it. You have a climber who might go for GC and Ciccone. You have Jonathan Milan for the sprints. And you have Bagioli for uh, punchy sprints, for breakaways. Yep. Uh, and I'd love to see him take his first Giro stage. Sturvin also going, Benji. Um, yeah, intriguing. Yeah, first steps in 2017. It said in the press release, and actually don't know why he's going. Maybe he wants to win the gravel stage. Just mix it up. Yeah, maybe he just wants to do something different. That's possible, and that also means that he's probably going to be lead out for Milan, no? Ah, uh, true. Milan needs a lead out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but he's not lead out for Peterson then. No. So, Stavins, yeah. Milan's lead out at Giro. Together with Bajol and Ciccone. And then you see the Tour de France, you see Gegenhardt and Ms. Peterson. And I wonder what team's going to be built surrounding Peterson. Kirsch for me has to go. Yeah, yeah. Kirsch and Gibbons, I, I think, will go. And that's not my. That's just what I've. If they're doing the practicing the lead outs with Gibbons, that's what yeah. that indicates. 
Verona, I'm guessing, will be going. Yeah. De Klerk. Depending on how he goes in the classic, I expect De Klerk to go to the classics as well for break formation, yeah, yeah, control, sure. stuff like that. Who else can go to the to the tour? Like it's it's mountain domestiques. Juan you Pei said gagging hard, right? <laughs> Does Juan Pei have to go? <laughs> <laughs> hey, no disrespect to El Patron. Ah, oh, he's got a Vuelta to win. I'm just saying he should be on altitude then. <laughs> um, I'm trying to look at the other guys that can the tour. Conrad, I guess. Conrad yeah. is a mountain domestique. He's going to be heavy on the new signings, I feel like. Where's Quinn Simmons? What's happened? Oh, Schoens. Oh, Schoens a great rider. Schoen's also doing classic sidelines. Uh, right now, he is in the US doing mm. some, some training. Nice. But, yeah, what's happening with him? I'd expect him to join the classics or the Ardennes, depending on what he wants to focus on. But outside Who of is that... more hyped? Who is more hyped? Simmons coming out of juniors or Albert Philipson? Ooh. I feel like Albert Philipson more because I feel like there's Ooh. more teams that are now on the level of like, let's figure out what juniors are doing. Simmons. Yeah, but was Simmons pretty... was. He had the rivalry with Brenner, no? Was that the same year? There were two people oh. at that time. Now it's like one person that everybody's hunting. Yeah. Anyway, it's just a, a reminder that like, Simmons was a, is a huge talent. He's only yeah. 22 years old. He does tra he trains the house down and, Strade. Uh, in the off-season. Yeah, Strade. But uh, I'm interested to see what they do with him because they've got Bagioli coming in. They have, uh, they have Thibaut Nace. Like what, we, haven't, we haven't even spoken about Thibaut Nace once. Uh, a guy who he won to a Norway stage. Yeah, what do you, he's got to do... At Cold least the softer are then, right? I think a combination of the two. Brabantse, Amstel, and Flesh, not LBL. Yep. And a few of the cobble races. E3, Tour of Flanders. Their cobble team is not that deep. Yeah, correct. So I would... I, like uh, it. I, I don't know what his, his plans are this year. He's a cyclocross rider, but is he, does he do mountain bike or anything like that? Oh, I have no clue. I think it's cyclocross on the road, if I recall correctly. He's okay, just fucking talented sake. on the road as well. And like, if you look at his 2023 really season, good, yeah. he won a stage of the Tour of Norway, which was in Stavanger. And the only thing I remember from Stavanger is the Hammer series, which is dead now. <laughs> he podiumed the stage of Romandy. Like, he's the type of rider that I could see winning a Romandy stage already. Or yeah, a Catalonia yeah, stage. definitely. Definitely. Like, if you look at the, uh, his sprint in Corso uh, Prestes Canton, uh, the Canton Agao, however you say it, in Switzerland, one day race, one, yeah. one. So, you know, not the highest categorization, but there's actually really good riders there. Like, Bahrain, UAE were there as well, uh, alongside Trek. Italian classics. I want to see he, he, like, he put Hirschi and Bilbao on a gap. Like, he didn't just win that on a bike throw, he cooked them. In that sprint. So his 10 second, 15 second watts per kilo would be really, really, really good. Um, I'm saying it. Italian classics. And send them to... You know what kind of schedule I'd do? I would look into 
Would you rather send this guy to Omlop or to those French Drone Classic races that Bajoli won a few years ago? Because I don't know if he could do something, but it's, it's curious. I mean, at the Renewy Tour, he wasn't too good, but I guess that's the end of the season. Balois, a Belgium Tour, the last two stages, he was on the podium on both stages uh, on these heel Renewy punchy tour. courses. What is that? We don't talk uh, about Renewy. Renewy. Sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, behind Van der Poel, who soloed on the on the fourth stage and the, yeah. the Brussels stage, he was third in a, in a bunch sprint behind Jakobsen and Philipsen. So I would send him to Kerner Omloop, as you said, and uh, just mix it up. Like, if Jumbo yeah. are sending seven hitters, you you got to fight fire with fire, I think. You And you can't just... It's poor old Pedersen. Remember yeah. in Genvevoem, he had to solo bridge to the Van Hoydonk Laporte group to save his race yeah. after the first time Kemmelberg? Got to have other guys to do that. Uh, so I believe, when it comes to Thibonese, that I indeed want to see him in those classics, like you said, also in the Brabant Sapels of the world. Want to see him in Catalonia and Romandy, which yep. this means that he can't go to Kenduelheim and so forth. If he does Catalonia. He's the Bajoli schedule. <laughs> yeah. The stage races, he's farms. Yeah, and towards the end of the year, I'm doubting between sending him to the Vuelta to clean up or to fight the low competition sprints, or you send him to the Italian classics like Coppa Bernocchi and so forth, where I believe that he could actually Canada. compete. Combination with Italian classics. Yeah, I would send him on that schedule personally. Uh, and nice. and speaking of the Vuelta, they're saying Pedersen and Schielmoser, and Schielmoser is not doing neither the Giro nor the Tour. He's focusing properly on a GC bid at La Vuelta. I would say that is the Tour I just don't see at all. Yeah. Uh, and the, his TT is okay. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not saying he couldn't do the Giro either, but I guess... The Vuelta, oh, the Vuelta's still tough, uh, which we're going to get to in a second. But that's their indicative schedule. Uh, Gegenhardt, as you said, you know, to be told GC leader in the Tour in December, that has to have been attractive to him. And him and Pedersen is a nice uh, duo. I'm sure they'll uh, surround them with, with some pretty good riders. So what's realistic goals for them next year, Benji? For me, it's win a Cobble Classic. Okay win an Arden classic. Mm -hmm. Including I'm including Brabant, so I'm sneaking that in. Uh and win two stages in each Grand Tour. And podium the Tour de France with Gegenhardt. Okay. I agree with podium in the Tour de France with Gegenhardt. I agree with winning multiple Grand Tour stages, Giro Tour de France, at least one in each. I think for the Vuelta, your aim is to top five with Skelmose. That's kind of what you're looking at if you send them for GC to La Vuelta, in my opinion. It's tough. Sixth or seventh is already okay. Let's be clear yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, if you're tenth, then I'm like, you might as well have gone in the breakaway, got a stage yeah, winner, and yeah, accidentally yeah. popped up in the top ten. Um, Actually, a stage win in each Grand Tour is how I perceive it as the goal. And when it comes to the classics, I feel like they should be able to podium at least two monuments. And if they can do that, then I would make one of your goal win a monument. 
True, win win Roubaix. Especially yeah, Roubaix, I'm right? Roubaix, yeah. but also MSR comes to mind. Oh yeah. And podiuming podiuming LBL is possible, but winning I don't think is. I would, I mean, all the, like, Bagioli's profile suggests he should do really well at LBL. Yeah, to podium, like, but not to win. But his sprint's really good. It's really, really good. Yeah, but if Pogacar and Remco show up, then I'm like, eh, not happening. Unless they all fall over that same fucking hole in the, the, the road that Pogacar fell over. Peacock. But True. Usually that's like Paul Mike Woods in in Liège is usually in like a select group of seven. Yeah. And has to, and he, and comes seventh because it's like Valverde, Pogaccio, Roglic, Alaphilippe who fucking can sprint out of their minds. So yeah. uh, I think Milan winning Ciclamino is another one. Uh, I, I, Ciccone is the really outstanding one, Benji. What, are the, what does he want to do? I think he's going for GC. I listened to, again, an interview on maybe radio cycling uh where he said he wanted to he's like in the second tier of gc riders and so i think he's going for gc at the giro by the way is chicone in the second tier of gc riders he was saying i'm a b tier gc rider okay i think he's a c tier gc rider but don't want to roast him too much either i think I'm kind of on the edge of should i go for gc or should i go for stages and I think the Giro outside of the time trial is a good opportunity Susan. when it comes to the kind of races to go for GC. How deep will the field be? He's not going to win. So why does he care? He doesn't care if Poggy's there. Yep. Try to go for top five. Yep. He's already won a and stage. Try to win a stage in the process, though. Yep. As backup. Because <laughs> you never know, you might fall through in week three. So pretty lofty goals, which is top five. The Giro Vuelta, podium the tour, win a, win a monument a, a, of the first, a spring monument, and win stages in all three grand tours. If they achieved all of them, you, that's probably a top three team in terms of results next year, uh, just from that alone, unless Remco's out of his mind. So, uh, but I'm sure Little are expecting that. Uh, and they brought in 10 new riders. So that's with all the spending. That's the plan. Uh, they stay obviously on By the way. Trek and Shram. I don't think there's any other big equipment changes for them. Tibonese says that he's doing the full preparation for the Giro. Which that one I don't see. I don't get that. I don't get that. Especially since Ardennes combined with some Cobble Classics is also what I'm looking at for him. We're not going to do the classic spring. Maybe the following year, the Ardennes really appealed to me. So he's doing Ardennes Giro, and that's the combination where I'm like, that's a bit we close need to, each to other. small boys can do classics. Yes, we know this. The guy that won Tour of Flanders last year is a GC rider and weighs sixty six kilos. Okay, and came third in E three. So Thibaut Nace. He can, yeah. I personally would say I would sooner see him cutting his teeth at opening weekend than at the Giro, where you can already have a Bagioli. You have Milan going for sprints. You have Ciccone. I whereas Bagioli, I I don't see in those cobble classics. You know, like a uh, sixty-four kilo Italian is just not going to happen on yep. opening weekend. So that's surprising to me. Uh, really is, but 
Especially as a Belgian. But maybe we'll see in 2025. No. Well, he is, right? He's Belgian? Yeah, but LBL is also Belgian and Brabant's a Pell, so technically he's Flemish as well. Is he, is he Walloon <laughs> or Flandrian? He's Flemish. Okay. Well. I feel like you've anyway. made more political statements about Flanders and Wallonia I didn't make than I one. Have. I didn't make one. <laughs> I just asked. Well, maybe that's why he wants to do Liège, but that's not the case. So it's even more strange. Yeah. I'm biting my tongue. Uh, hot takes time, Benji. Okay. What's yours? You're hoping I'd say it first so that you could have time to think, but we're not having that here. Uh, <laughs> I don't really know. I don't really like have a hot take for them. Like they, they spent a lot. They're probably going to be a bit better than last year. They might score more points than Ineos and Quickstep. I think they're still quite a way behind UAE and Yumbo. Bora might have more points, but like it's not a hot take to say Gagenhart won't podium the tour. I'll accept it though if you want it. But, uh, I don't know. We're uh, allowing mild takes here. I guess I'd say they they don't podium a monument. Okay, that's actually a pretty hot take in my opinion. And they then they don't top five a Grand Tour. I think they're gonna podium a monument, but that's why it's a hot take. So yeah, I'll accept it. I, um, do you reckon Milan will write Omlope and so forth? Yeah. But he won't win because the Lee will win Omlope because otherwise, yeah, no, 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 no. I don't know, the Lee Omlope is on the list for me, so I can't put him there either. What else can Milan do? What else can Skelmos do? What else can anyone do here? <laughs> They're all destined. <laughs> Their faith has already been decided. And there's a philosophical phase. I will say that... I don't fucking know, man. No, no Grand Tour stages. No, they're gonna win Grand Tour stages. That's the problem. That's, that's my... I'm adding another one. I'm saying they... They won't win a monument. Tom Skurns is their best placed rider in the Olympic road race. Bairdson actually a really good rider for the Olympic road race. Yeah, so Skurns. With the Danish team surrounding him, Osgren and so forth. So I'm going to go and... No, I can't say that either, because I... Can I just give up? Can I tap the buzzer? You can give up. You tap up. I, you I don't tap have to do the buzzer. If, you don't, if they don't come to you, they don't come to you. Uh, eight World Tour wins in 2023. Uh, I'm going with 10 in 2024. Okay. I'm going with... Uh, 11. You don't have a good... You don't have... You, you don't know what you, you think will happen with Trek. Uh, I know when it comes to the victories that I expect more. I know roughly what they can achieve, but nothing's hot. As in, it's not hot when I say that I believe that Gegenhard, like you, won't podium the Tour de France. It's not hot when yeah. I say that Jonathan Milan can win a stage at the Giro, that 
Peterson can win the stage at the Tour de France and La Vuelta, and they're probably all likely to do that. It's not hot when I say that Skelmos might podium a one-day race. Actually, my hot take is that Skelmos is going to win San Sebastian. Oh, there we go. I'll take that. We'll take that. Um, might not even ride it, but I'll take it anyway. <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> as I guess that'd be the start of his Vuelta prep. Ah, because he'd come in against all the guys who had flogged from the tour and who were skipping <laughs> it to do the Olympics. He might be riding against Jon Aberastri and Mark Bristenga. Exactly. Uh, yeah, okay, that's a smart one. All right, that's our little trek preview for 2024. A lot of changes, 10 riders in, including a, a big new sprinter and a big new GC leader for the Tour de France. Uh, let us know what you think. Will it work out for them? Do they need, what do we expect from them in 25, even who they'll go after? Maybe they're not done shopping, excuse me. Indeed, they. we didn't even mention that they signed Albert Philipson, who will be staying in the juniors for another year next year, I think, because uh, you can't he can't ride in World Tour yet, and then he'll be joining uh, Trek in, like, 2025. So he's a hotly uh, touted uh Danish I think classics rider personally. Uh but anyway, that's we'll see. So they also they've been shopping even for the future. Uh but hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you with uh maybe the Volta preview next. Until then, ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 